It brings back memories. Oh my gosh, making me cry already again. And Please I'm, don't cry. I've never cried so much coming home like I have on this trip. But thanks again for those lovely mem memories, rather. Brings back memories of the show. Yeah. Brings back memories of my days when I used to teach young people ballroom and Latin American dance. Uh, the whole idea was to change young people's mindset to make them feel proud about who they are but most importantly never to forget their neighbor and to this day when i hear them talk to me about how they still say to each other reach out and touch that's what i'm all about yeah incredible i mean it reminds me of uh Though you never invited me on your show, I was never. I was not How that popular. How did I invite I was, such a good-looking guy? I was, not, I was <laughs> not that popular, so there was no need to interview me on your show. You had all of them on your show, but I think yeah, it also brings back memories for me because <clears throat> I think it was the first time for well for me personally to see uh, a South African talk show. You know, because we didn't see many of those, and obviously, um, you know, in South Africa, when you pitch ideas, people are very you know, doubtful like that's hey, right is this i'm still wondering up to this day how did you convince the sabc to buy into this idea how did you do it <laughs> you really want to hear the secret there well first and foremost how it all started um nelson mandela was doing his u.s tour yes that historic u.s tour in 1971 and he called on all south africans living abroad to come back home to serve I remember that day I was on air on Channel 11 with a young lady called Patricia Hunt. And I said, oh, my God, he's just talked to me to go back home. And what do I have? I have a degree in broadcasting. I'm going back home. And she said, you just resigned from your job on air. Just like that, I said, I'm going back home. She said, what about the Olympics? We're just about to bring the Olympics. I said, the Olympics ain't bigger than democracy. That was the most important thing. And I want to be part of our country's democracy. So in 1972, early part of 72, I came back home, got an interview with Mr. Mandela, went back, and November... I was back home and we started the first show. The first show I started with, uh, I think it was Mrs. Tambo, Mike Muendani, people who had lived abroad who had come back home and did an audience show. The SABC said to me, that kind of show is a huge budget that we need and you don't have that kind of budget. So I said, then what do we do? They said, you have to do panel discussions. We did the panel discussions for about a year mm -hmm. where people like Bukredo Mutua, <clears throat> I forgot who the other people were that came on, but Mrs. Kuzoayo, yes. But ultimately I said to them, it's going to die. Panel discussions, yeah. people are tired of talking heads, but most importantly, people want to talk to each other. We need it. We've been far apart. We've been put... a. a we have been broken apart in many ways, if there's such an expression, by this terrible thing called apartheid. We have fear of each other. We need to start talking to each other to eliminate those fears. Then, uh, after 1994, after the inauguration, we started getting a talk show in, uh, together. But I remember they said, it would take you four recordings 
of what you do as in, in panel discussions to do one show. I said, fine, with that budget, I will do a talk show. They said it's going to kill you because you have to record on a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. I talked to a woman I still respect to my deathbed, and that's Colleen Smith, who was really my right hand. Mm. I said, how do we do it? I said, passion is better than a paycheck. Let's get a staff here that is passionate about this, that want to do this, that understand the sacrifice, sacrifices. There might not be money involved, but we're doing it for a cause. And I take my hat off to the FMS team then. They agreed and were in studio Friday night, two shows on a Saturday That's and crazy. one show on a Sunday and gathered the, the audience. There was excitement about the show People came and sat there and discussed issues affecting our country. You might as well take over this show. No. <laughs> I'd like to hear you and the people wow. calling in and talking to what me an about this. Yeah, please call us. I don't want to be the selfish one and just, you know, in, do the interview. Come to my rescue. 089-110-2000. And I'm also fast. I mean, I have a few friends, a guy that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Spiwe Madiba, and one day he woke up, he was still young, I think he was 18, packed mm -hmm. his bags, mm -hmm. and he went to America, mm -hmm. and I think he ended up in uh, in Detroit, Michigan. That's right. And years back, he decided to pack his bags and come back. I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. you've already, most, a lot of people want to go to America, yeah. see this American dream. Here you are, you went to America, he used to work in the kitchen, washing dishes, he got a degree, mm -hmm. had a great job, mm -hmm. and I, how do you pack your bags and come back to South Africa? Number one, you don't have a place. Number one, a job is not guaranteed. That's for me, true. that fascinates me. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's also scary as well. I'm sure you were, I mean, I'm sure you thought about those things. No, I was scared to death. Uh, I went there on an exchange program. How I got onto that exchange program as well is I had young people, as I said, that I used to teach ballroom and Latin American dance yes. too. And, um, it was, again, my way of keeping them out of the street in the 70s. Those were volatile years, the mm. early 70s. And um, one day I just decided, um, I'd written a story about Mzimklope High School, yes. which was built by uh, Anglo-American then. And Pesiko Boza, Agritlaste, Joe Latakomu, Joe Tolwe. Those, yeah, those, those are the guys that had taught yes. me what Leslie Suhome, what journalism was all about. Mm. So I was sent to go and cover that, um, the opening of that school. Anglo-American was there. So I went back to the office, to the newsroom with a manual typewriter, wrote uh, the story. But a, a light bulb just Sean at that time, I said, wait, I'm going to Anglo-American under the guise of getting Mr. Wilson then to see the story. And when I got there, it had nothing to do with the story. It had something to do with me wanting Anglo-American to help me sponsor these young people to go to, I'm dating myself, Lorenzo Marx then, and Swaziland, where they could, for the first time, some of them to get out of the township and go and see a different place. So, so education through exposure. I took them to Durban. I took them to, is it Ginola Caves or whatever? What is it? What do they call? Yeah. I know Ginola being a name. Yeah, yeah, um, Nini Holiday Camp. But um, 
after that, I, Mr. Wilson sent um, Nikki Oppenheimer to come and see the school, and they were excited about what they saw. And I was ultimately sponsored to go on a exchange program to the U.S. What am I trying to say here, or what is the moral of the story, as my grandchild would say? The moral of the story is be creative. Think up ways of getting out of where you want to be. But the most important thing is go and get your education. And with education, you can conquer anything. Absolutely. Okay, we've got a, got a lot of calls. Yeah, education is important. F- funny, I was just having a conversation with, uh, I always have a conversation with these two guys in the studio. And I was just using, um, you know, the, the floods that have been happening in America uh-huh. and uh-huh. in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And I said, can you imagine if we were not educated mm-hmm. and we didn't have forecasters, mm-hmm. you know, people who could see that, you know, th- th- this is what the weather is going to do in the next few months. What would happen to us? I mean, I'm sure thousands of people could well, have been we killed. we a president in America who does not even understand what global warming is all about. America first! <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't get it. Okay, let's go to a call. Um, where do we go? Let's go to Mpumalanga first. Middleback, Maureen. Hello, Maureen. Maureen? Ah, she's gone. Let's go to KZN, KwaZulu-Natal, Lemi in Newcastle. How are you? How are you, Glenn Vito? Good, man. Good. Good to have you on the show. And good afternoon to Felicia Mabu. Thank you, Lemmy. How are you? I'm okay. You know, I just sent a note, a voice note earlier on. Yeah. Yeah, saying, you inspired me when I got my firstborn. I named her Felicia. Oh, my gosh. Are they saying bye, Felicia, to her? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy that she's walking oh. in your footsteps. Footstep. It's a big shoes to fill, but she is on the right track. I'm so excited about that, and I wish your daughter good luck in her endeavors. And uh, you gave her a beautiful name. Felicia means happiness. Ironically, my African name is Matabo, so I live up to my names in many ways. I try to make someone happy every day just one person yeah, even if it's she's, just she's, with a smile yes yeah, she's felicia and she's nombumelelo okay she's we are pumelelo in bed yes yeah pumelelo uh-huh. one question for you uh-huh hello the felicia show yeah and uh, are you thinking of having that talk show again Wow, I've given, I've passed on the baton to young people and I'm proud to see some of the work that they are doing right now. Um, Right now I'm living in what I call the age of significance. I've taken my success, moved it to significance. It's all right now about trying to impact a life every day. All right, let's go to to Tlexdorp, Northwest. Vegel. Hello. Vegel. Hi, Glenn. How are you? How are you, brother? I'm good himself. Number one. Welcome. Good. Um, I, I'm the Felicia. How are you? Erkes Goodman. Good, good. Thanks, Felicia. Um, I just wanted to say that my mom always used to say that she knows you on a personal level. Um, Lavender. Her name was Lavender. Her name is Lavender. Uh-huh. Um, my, ma- my grandma was the first most black South Africa back in the day. Wow. Marsha Marshall. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so every time when we used to watch um, the Felicia show, then 
my mom used to come on to say, no, I know Felicia on a, on a personal level. Oh. So listening to you and hearing your voice again takes us back to, to those old days mm. when, when life was still good and, and the topics that we could discuss back then were still, were still good and, and, and authentic. Well, I want you so guys to continue those conversations, definitely. And I think we need them more now than ever before. Yeah. And I'm happy to see Glenn really opening his mics to ensure that people use them for the betterment of society. This this is a very powerful tool you have, and it is important. All right. Let's go to Sitle Fosloraz. Sitle? Yeah, we're going to get Alright. <laughs> Did you come back with your entire family? Oh, no, no, no. And, uh, but my daughter later came and joined me, and the other one stayed with her father. And for 12 to 13 years, I was commuting between the U.S. and here. And uh, here I am. It was a t- difficult time. I'm not going to lie. Seriously. Okay, so let's talk about you again, uh, uh, Felicia. You're being honored as a media legend. Media legend! Yo, how do you spell legend? L-E-L-E-G-E-N-D. <laughs> at the Gauteng High Impact Leadership uh, 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 Summit. That's right. Uh, you know, you've done it all from attaining a PhD in communications. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you had a PhD having an eyewear range because uh-huh. you're always rocking these nice yeah uh, uh, spectacles uh-huh, or are they called shades they're called felicia they're called, <laughs> oh, they're called felicia. so yeah tell us about that there is no greater honor than being honored in your own backyard in your own country and when i say your own backyard i'm talking about the dusty daring daring yeah. streets of soweto where i walked those streets Going up to Zolopili, where I used to teach dance in what my was, high heels. What's Zolopili? In, in, go, 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 Dube at go, 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 uh, yeah, just okay. where the YWCA used to be there. I was gonna say Meadowlands, yeah. No, no, go, go Dube okay. okay. at the YWCA. So this is quite an honor for me to come back home and really be appreciated by my own people. My heart is here. Only my body is in America, but my heart is here. Even you look at my social media, it's all about South Africa in many ways. And a lot of people, a lot of people, I'm sure young people who are listening to the show, when you're talking about you were teaching dancing, they're like, hey, we're a dancer. Mm-hmm. They also I, don't know that you used to be a singer. Oh, yeah, bro. He wanted to uh, record me and he said, Marunga Kulinge first part. No, it was quite a, um, an honor sharing the stage with people like Abigail Kubeka in the 70s and uh, singing for Connie Mabaso's Black Black and Blue with David Petwe, uh, Bob Razakes, and uh, later on sharing a part with Abigail Kubeka. We understudied each other 
in a, a show called Piri. And I remember the song, Oh, Mama, No, Baba. <laughs> so um, I remember those days. And uh, Bragip wanted to get me into Sikalo uh, once, uh, but I had an uncle who was very strict, didn't want us to go into the music field because my uncle, Eli Mabuza, who you, I'm sure you've heard of, was married to Busim Songo. Hmm. And... Uh, my uncle Vela was very strict, didn't want us to follow that path. So maybe I should also thank him, but I did not use that God-given talent. Um, those years, the Daily Mail even had an article on the front page that given an opportunity, one day I might be the next Miriam Makeba. I know these are big dreams. I don't know what happened to my voice. I guess if you don't use it like muscles, like a muscle rather, it just fades. Okay, and finally, <laughs> uh, before we head for the world, um, it would have been uh, Umama Winnie Man- Digazala Mandela's 82nd birthday today, and yeah. I'm sure you've interviewed um, her in the past. And yeah. yes, you know, can you tell us, you know, what do you, what do you think of her? Well, I put out my tweet today and oh. I talked to Zodwa, uh, since Winnie's right hand about today, and we're both in tears. And I think um, another friend, Dr. Tony Luck, will be on radio later on talking about it. But to me, Winnie Mandela was like the big sister I wanted to look like. And I'm proud to say that she called me her little sister. I wanted to be as courageous as Winnie Mandela. I wanted to be as beautiful as Winnie Mandela. I wanted to make a difference in my community like Winnie Mandela. I could never get that close, but I know that by rubbing shoulders with her, by being close to her, somehow in some way, I'm carrying out some of her legacy in my small, understood, small little way. Thank you so much for joining us on that. Always a pleasure to have you on the show and always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Love you, man.